0: Is the Equal Yoke Podcast hosted by husband and wife Zach and Morgan Hill? This show exists to promote family theology within the context of an equally yoked marriage that plows ahead for the gospel and great commission. We've got work to do, so now let's plow ahead. All right, welcome to the Equal Yoke Podcast. My name is Zach Hill.
1: And I'm Morgan Hill.
0: My lovely co-host, as always, the most beautiful co-host in the entire world, my wife.
1: You have to say that.
0: I do. And I, <laughs> and I am a non-paid spokesperson. For me. To say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I also just want to get, give a quick shout out to our, our brother, our friend, Dylan Thornberry. I love that bass drop in yes. the intro track. It just gets me hyped. I feel like I just want to go fight a bear
1: so actually when sharing yes uh, when we had our first episode <laughs> released I even put like Kind of, sorry, not sorry, but this is going to get stuck in your head.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And it should, because it's amazing.
0: It is. So Dylan, we love you. Thank you so much for the amazing music. I'm sure you could probably even reach out to the guy if you need something, if you're a fellow podcaster. If not, I'm sorry that I threw work on you, Dylan. Anyway, today (laughs) we are going to be continuing on plowing ahead with an equal yoke, doing family theology, and our episode this week is about
1: idolatry.
0: Oh, dun dun dun. What's this going to be about, you think? Very broad topic. Oh. All right, we're going to get into it. Morgan, a couple weeks ago you did a poll, a little survey on your personal social media page, I think it was just on Instagram, if I if I remember yeah, correctly, was Facebook included or just, no, Instagram? just it was just on Instagram stuff. and you asked, "Hey, we're getting into we're, we're we're bouncing around this idea about a podcast." What uh, are some topics that you would like Zach and I to cover that that have to do with really honestly anything and how we process those topics within our marriage and and how we can maybe minister to you and talk through things? And so what were a couple of them?
1: Some of them were uh, raising children in the ministry, submission in marriage. Uh, One of them was actually how to talk to family members who are unbelievers. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really good one, too.
0: Yeah, and so we are, all of them were good. Not a single one of them was just a, me. why, you know. All of them were They were, were very, all well thought they out. They were well thought out. Every single one of them are pertinent to family theology and an equally yoked marriage and are great topics, and we give our uh, scouts honor. We're going to try to get through all, all of those, of them. Um, if not most of them. But the one that really stuck out to us for our third episode here was idolatry. And the reason that that one stuck out in our minds is recently um, at the church that I pastor, Oakwood, in Cynthia, Kentucky, uh, I've been expositing the book of Acts, and we are almost done with it by God's grace. You know, we've only got two weeks left in the book of Acts. Yeah. It's been a journey.
1: It has, but it's been a good one. It's
0: been a good one. It's been hard to exposit a historical narrative like that. I remember listening to John MacArthur a few times. The great Dr. Johnny Mac, whatever you think of him, at least you can say the man is faithful to the scriptures and he's been the the pulpit for 50 plus years. Uh, Even he, when he was preaching through Acts back in the 70s, he would say, coming to like Acts 21, 22, 23, Lord, I... there is nothing here. Like what am I supposed to do with it? He said he felt like he was trying to pull up carrots, that there was just <laughs> nothing but like ugly stuff on top. And like, he was just hoping that there was a good, yummy carrot on the bottom that you can dip it in some hummus. Cause that's my favorite thing to dip it in. Anyway, idolatry. Um, we've been going through acts at church and recently, uh, about eight weeks ago, we were in acts 17, 16. I preached a whole sermon just on that single topic, that single, uh, That single verse, because it says when Paul arrived in Athens, he saw the idols of the city and was provoked to anger. And Richard Baxter, that great Puritan who wrote The Reformed Pastor, many other works. I don't agree with every single thing that he says. He's a little wonky in some of his uh, ideologies. But he did say this, and it's very, very applicable to all you pastors out there. Um, or if you were in the ministry at all, but specifically you who preach from the pulpit or a teaching elder, if you can't preach the sermon to yourself first, don't preach it. Some good advice. And it, it, this sermon wrecked me, not because it came from my hand. That's not at all. It just, the the content of the scriptures just wrecked me. And so, Morgan, as we yoke together to talk about idolatry, this is a broad topic. This isn't like um, the elevation of XYZ to idolatry status. This is a broad topic. It's very open-ended. So guess what? We get to open-end it. (laughs) There you
1: go. I don't know if that was proper. If we can
0: declare ourselves to be men and women and dogs and cats, then I can declare a new word. It's called open-ended. So, idolatry. What is it? We need to define some terms. The greatest thing that you can do is define some terms. And so, Morgan, let's just spitball a little bit what do you think idolatry is
1: let's see i would say idolatry is i mean you kind of hit on it when you were doing your thing just then it's elevating something higher than it needs to be elevated sometimes completely to the
0: point of god so do you believe and this is a little bit of a subjective question but i know the answer Do you believe that most people today still in some shape or form think that idolatry is a little trinket or a statue or an image?
1: Yes, absolutely. Do you
0: think that they hear that word idolatry and they think, oh, that's that's so barbaric? Mm Mm-hmm. Right? They they, they perform that good C.S. Lewis chronological snobbery. Like, oh, we've, we've advanced past that.
1: Yeah, I think that's absolutely what most people think of.
0: So idolatry, the elevation to something of God's status. What if, I'm going to red pill you real quick, okay? And this definition is not original to me. I do want to give sources so I don't have to change my last name to Lytton. Um, <laughs> Steve Lawson makes a really good point with this, and some commentators and theologians don't agree with this, but I do. Um, idolatry is the root of, of every single sin. Idolatry is the root of every single, every other sin. Now, most people say, no, 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 it's pride. Pride is, but what is pride? It is the elevation Elevation of of the self unto what? The arbiter of truth or the arbiter of um, your rule and reign. So if we go to the scriptures, do we have basis, do we have warrant to have this as the definition of idolatry, of the elevation of anything to God's status, primarily the elevation of self, and then what you rule and dictate and decree to be the standard coming from that? Do we have scriptural warrant to say that this is what idolatry is?
1: Yeah, I think we go back to the garden.
0: Do you have a scripture for us? You got a reference. Let's see how good you are. Give me one second. Genesis. I know we're in
1: Genesis. Give me a second. See how quick I can be.
0: We're in beginnings, chapter. What? Three. Yes.
1: Just gotta make sure I get exactly where we need to be.
0: I prefer the I prefer the King James version. Not very often, but to on this passage this verse i do but go ahead and give it to us
1: i mean i can switch yourself to king james this Mm. is the beauty of technology
0: and it will kill us
1: at one point in time yes okay i totally lied because my phone is just popping something up continually
0: just go ahead you were gonna have to
1: read it because now it wants me to update
0: (laughs) oh goodness in genesis 3 (laughs) verse 5 In the middle of the temptation narrative there of the serpent, that old serpent, Satan, unto Eve, he said, no, when you eat that, you won't die. God doesn't want you to have it. He's holding out on you. You know why, oh, girl? Because he knows that in the day that you partake of it, and here's the King James that's just so beautiful, ye shall be as gods. And, and what be- was
1: Eve's response?
0: When she saw that it was a delight to the eye and good for f- all these things. Oh, really? Ye shall be as God's. I can be as God is. This is the root of all sin. Yes, we can acknowledge, as armchair theologians in the upper hill room, study room. <laughs> We can acknowledge that, yes, the fall is multifaceted, is it not? Yeah. It is multifaceted, but if we see this definition of idolatry and we think about idolatry in this manner, we see it truly is, even from the beginning, the root of all sin.
1: So I would even go further, preparing a little bit just with the idea of idolatry. I came across a John MacArthur... Article and he defines it as this. But idolatry goes beyond the idea of creating a false God, which we kind of discussed with the whole, um, you know, trinkets mm-hmm. idea. Fundamentally, idolatry is thinking thoughts about God that are untrue of Him or entertaining thoughts about Him that are unworthy of Him.
0: And how do we do that most egregiously? By elevating who ourselves ourselves,
1: and thus with the elevation of self, where does God go?
0: Listen, if we say elevation enough, are we going to have to pay Stephen Furtick copyright laws? I
1: I do refuse to do that, so we need to stop saying that word.
0: (laughs) I sure hope not, because I don't have, I don't even own a pair of jeans. I'm a khakis man, (laughs) and if I did, they wouldn't be that tight. And number two, I am not God Almighty.
1: Thank you for that clarification.
0: Okay. Stop saying the E word because I'm not paying that joker no (laughs) money. Continue on.
1: I'm going to need a thesaurus. Okay. So anyway, back to to (laughs) us getting back on topic. So when I came across that definition, I believe that that opens up that opens up a whole nother door, a whole nother realm of what idolatry truly can be, I think. It's subtle. That's actually the title of the article is Subtle Idolatry. Wow.
0: <laughs> I have I, Yeah, good job there. Um, it is it is subtle. Uh, and you know, when Morgan and I sought out and we, we really perceived that the Lord was laying this before us, even if it's to do three episodes and then it ends— We always want to be transparent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so,
0: you know, you have some talking points here for us because you have done a little bit of the the behind-the-scenes organization for us for this. And you have here my personal idol. I think that it would be extremely beneficial if we would both just very quickly lay out an idol that we have struggled with. And we have struggled with many We've struggled with many. The man who says he has no idols has the most idols of all. And this is not to say, oh, Zach had a idol, Morgan had a idol, and now they're on to the bigger and better stuff. No, no, no. No. Actually, now that we are being transparent about specific idols that we struggled with for a long time, it is very much in this process of sanctification like a uh what, when you cut the head off of one three more spread up, pop up yeah. that we are aware of in its place so let's take just a couple minutes a piece and talk about that so people don't see that we're just being like these you know oddball perfect fundamentalist Christians <laughs> these domestic terrorists
1: so i'll just start i just want to read psalm 50:21 you thought that I was just like you. I will reprove you and state the case in order before your eyes. That was me. I did exactly what that John MacArthur definition stated, was putting God in my place and putting myself in his place and really creating for myself myself, a brand new god. That that was the that that was the outcome for sure. So I was put in worship ministry around the age of 15 and that that's when this idol really began to grow. That's when it took root in my life and like Zach said, it is subtle and because it is subtle, I had no idea that it was occurring.
0: Yeah, you know, I think about that as well as I've turned the page there, Bob Seeker, to look at some more notes. Um, Isn't it easy for anyone that's in a, what I would call a limelight position within the church, I'm specifically speaking of the church, pastors, um, those that are in music ministry, those that are very in in the limelight in front of people it's very easy to fall into that type of mindset i believe
1: it is and and what's ironic about it is a lot of the times people who you're surrounded by are kind of shoving you into that so for me personally it was just assumed that that's that's the position that i needed to take and so i fe- i fed into these comments and thrusted myself gladly into the limelight, all while being consumed with idolatry.
0: And would you say um, that your idolatry was, would you say that your idolatry wasn't necessarily even on the surface, obviously you've kind of deconstructed, to use that, that term a little bit about that, but would you say that on the surface it really didn't seem like you being the, the, the god of your life or whatever, but, but many times the, the idolatry took the form of if, if people don't respond to the music in a certain way, then in your Gnosticism, like you have the key, you're closer to God, they are not, they just need to follow me, get on board, and if they don't, then, you know, they can sit at the back of heaven. I'm going to be at the front because I'm more, to use the the uh, Christian lingo that makes me just sick. What? Anointed? You're more anointed. Yeah.
1: So a lot of what you just heard Zach say, I actually had told to me. I was told that I had the keys to the throne room of heaven and it was my responsibility to bring everyone with me. I don't know where they got that from because it's definitely not the scripture. And so what did I do with that? I ran with it. And if people did not act the way, and I guess essentially if they didn't worship me properly, then they were at fault.
0: Right. And, you know, when you thinking about that and just kind of guiding our, our thoughts along, um, especially with your thoughts about idolatry. The reason that I'm kind of interjecting here is because when we met, this was, this was it. It was the Morgan Show.
1: Oh, yeah. That was our lives. And I, I look back and I honestly, I praise God that Zach stuck around because everything was about me. All the time. And like I said before, obviously, I'm not trying to say that I, oh, I didn't want it. I did. I absolutely did. But it, w- it was surrounding me and it was being pushed upon me as well. I'll even remember like when we were getting, we had gotten engaged in everything and I'm being told to go move off to Nashville to make a name for myself because I could do nothing here for myself myself. When I'm trying to pursue marriage, and so all of these things keep piling up and piling up, and at and, you, this, and you
0: keep building for yourself and constructing for yourself a God that has the name Jesus, yes, but it's a Jesus, it's another Jesus like Paul talks about, it's another Christ that it, has the it same was another name gospel, that, even that, though there is not one that has some of the same characteristics of the God of Scripture. But your Jesus was built off of primarily really, really terrible music from very terrible sources.
1: Yeah, it was from worship lyrics and scripture taken out of context. And, and Instagram
0: quotes, probably.
1: Quotes. Well, this was before Instagram got popular. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably Facebook quotes. And then very shallow sermon series. And so... I had just built up this God who looked really cool in my mind because he was so much like me. And so if he was so much like me, then this whole worship thing got to be leaked over and come into my realm too.
0: That reminds me of Isaiah forty five. I believe that's what it is. You you thought that I was altogether like you, God yeah. says. Hold on. You you thought that I was altogether like you. No. And so, as we kind of branch out of you into me giving an example, I remember exactly where we were. We were downstairs. I know exactly
1: what you're about to say. I was um, going
0: there. We were downstairs in what's now the schoolroom. We had an old, big lots, brown couch <laughs> that, that was
1: falling apart. Falling at apart. apart.
0: <laughs> and I remember I was sitting on it. It was in my first, my first foray of education. You know, I
1: think that was the first piece of furniture we ever bought. I think it
0: was. Um, and I was doing something, reading something, which is usually what I'm doing, and that was a makeshift study. And, and
1: I had been, I say this, and I look back, and it's almost laughable, but at the same time, my heart is grieved by it. I came in there to talk to him about something that I had just learned from my Bethel Online School of Music.
0: Yeah. And I... By God's sovereign spirit, honestly, I looked up you and said, you worship, worship.
1: And boy, did I get angry. Mm -hmm. Just a quick interjection right there. If you don't think you have an idol, if you're not sure that something is an idol in your life, if someone tries to discuss it with you and point it out, and your immediate response is anger, there's a solid chance that that right there is your idol.
0: Whatever you spend the most thought, time, energy, your heart's and desires. money yeah. dedication on, unless it is towards God, right? Because what is the greatest commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Guess what? That's all-encompassing. That includes finances. That includes... Uh, energy that includes thought, that includes meditation, right? And yeah. another one is like this: You love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these, the whole law and the prophets hinge. That's idolatry. Yeah. Whatever you you are putting, love the Lord your music with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. What love the Lord your sports team with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? And that's what that is. Yeah, we have to remember that. Now, as we begin to to, to kind of shift gears, mine, mine is, um, well, mine is one that is still quite fresh in the sense of it is a deep-seated hurt and difficulty. And I'll just give you a quick in passing. When I was growing up, I was extremely overweight to the point that I would, when I look back, I would say it was definitely probably childhood obesity. I think that there was a point in time that I probably was borderline diabetic. I mean, I was extremely overweight. Um, I was not into sports. The only thing that I was into was the pantry, right? We have, we really did We have pictures and kind of jokingly of me in high school,
1: no one knows that it's you. Yeah, no they're one like hanging us. on the fridge downstairs, yeah. and
0: they're like, who's that? Is that your like cousin or nephew? they like, no, that was me. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> and then they see that I'm not laughing, and they're like, oh, all right. I, I was extremely overweight, and I won't get into all the warped details of, of, um, of my sinful mind that um, really was just yearning for discipleship, for someone to just... Take me under the wing and say, this is what the Bible says. This is your identity. It's in Jesus Christ. Um, it's not what you think it is. It's not your friend group. It's not a girl or, you know, potential relationship with some female or whatever. That's back when we could call women, women, right? Um, we didn't have to ask for pronouns and all that junk. It was a simpler time back in the Before we had International sixes, Pronoun Day. Um, and so I decided with a incorrect view, I was going to lose a bunch of weight, just going to do it. I was going to diet. I was going to get healthy, which is good, but my reasons were wrong. Um, and I did it and I did it so drastically that when I came back to school, my senior year, I had, um, the journalism teacher, um, Mark Mantooth, um, that was, that is their last name, by the way. Uh, love them, uh, don't know where they're at, but he's like, are you Zach Hill? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. And so I started to see that I was gaining friendships that, you know, in the the wonderful public school system, the, the girls were starting to take notice of me. That's what I wanted, was it not? That's part of the reason why I did it. And instead of it being a gratification of like, huh, see? Yeah. It, it, people wouldn't talk to me because I was fat. Because I, at in middle school, I wore a size 40 pants. I was like 5'3". I looked like an Oompa Loompa. It jaded me. Opposite effect. It actually was like, oh, but see, really, they don't even care about you because you haven't changed at all, really. Your personality or who you are as a kid you know, on the inside, all that stuff has not changed. And it jaded me. And so instead of just being like, forget it, I'm going back to the triple cheeseburgers and fries, i it, it was this odd, okay, we'll just run with it. And so I went way deep down the rabbit hole of being idolatrous towards my body. I got into bodybuilding. I got into all that stuff. A lot of stuff I should not have gotten into that I have repented of. And I struggled with what I looked like, whether it be with a shirt on or with clothes that were so baggy that you could not tell that I was a human being because I was that ate up with vanity. There's a lot of deep-seated, probably some issues there with that but that was that was my idol for a long time what I looked like how much I could bench how how if I was out in a a crowd and I saw a guy that had you know some good looking biceps or something then the rest of my day I'm thinking about how I can like I can squeeze in another workout or I can squeeze in a a harder more more extreme diet just to say that I've done it
1: I remember when we first started dating. I was like, "What are you doing? I'm at the gym." 3 hours later, "What are you doing? I'm at the gym again." It's like, "Oh my goodness. <laughs> are you ever anywhere else?"
0: And and we are going to do an episode about stewardship of the body. Yeah. There is a there is a correct way to do it. And please do not hear me saying that like, oh, "Well, I've renounced all that. I've recanted like Luther in front of the Pope and I just sit around and eat little debbies until I get sick." Oh sounds horrible and ice cream and pizza i still work I like i work out for health not for vanity and that was my idol and that's the idol that that crushed me for a long time and it caused our marriage a lot of problems in the same way that your yeah, both of our idols they cause caused our pro- marriage and this is what we were trying issues. to this is what we're trying to get at as we come to a close of this episode and do just a little quick uh, look at various things you think that your problems in a marriage don't affect one another, like that you have your own separate life. Like Morgan had her idol and it was really, you know, the, it was really difficult for her and I, and I had mine. And it was really difficult for me, but we came together and had like a little group therapy session. No, my idol would try to rule her life in the same way that hers would try to rule mine. It, it reminds me of territorial henotheism. You know what that means? Henotheism was was the the concept in the ancient Near East that there were territorial gods like Chemosh in Moab or Baal in Canaan, or um, you know something like that. And wherever you were, that's the god that you worshipped. Like if you if you if you traveled into Moab, Chemosh was the territorial god there, and you respected him, and he did that. But when you were in Canaan, Baal or or Dagon in Philistia or whatever. And it was almost like they were competing with one another for y- your damned soul. And I mean that in the sense of not a cuss word, for your for That'd your wretched soul. That is what an idol would do in your marriage. If you think, oh yeah, yeah, we don't have to work worry about that. You're gonna yoke up to something. And if the if instead of next to you it's your husband or wife equally yoked for those of you that are specifically that are married. It's your idol. Let me tell you what that idol is going to do. It's going to go in front of him or her, and it's going to plow them over. And when you look back, you're going to see your husband or wife cut open because of your idol.
1: And we experienced just that for sure. And unfortunately, both of these idols in our lives – were occurring at the same exact time. So it was almost like a battle back and forth of whose idol is going to try to take over the other one first. And I say that with a little bit of laughter because praise God that he he has brought us both out of those.
0: Yeah, it was like we were, we each of us had built an altar like the prophets of Baal, and we were doing the dancing around each of our altars. And trying to get the other trying one trying to, to come pull through. the other one to our side. Yeah, yeah. come on! And in the whole time, you know, God in His loving kindness and honestly, in in sat- satirical manner, I believe honestly is over in the corner, like, oh, maybe, maybe he's in the bathroom there, Morgan. You're, you're, you know. And <laughs> yeah. it's just like, whatever. It'll, it's gonna, we'll, we'll make this happen. And then He lovingly dismantles them. And then guess what He does? He kills them. He kills them. We always forget that about Elijah. It wasn't like, oh, no, Yahweh's the real God, Baal's not. Yahweh's the real God, and then he kills them. Yeah. He imposes the ban on them. And as we come to a little bit of an ending of this episode, we wanted to get some, some kind of real-time feedback yeah. interaction. Morgan, you want to kind of rein us in on this?
1: So I actually did just yesterday and today ran... A little quick survey. That's apparently my thing. It's just Instagram surveys. So if you want me to run a survey about something, just drop me a DM. Um, and I just asked what an idol that they were struggling with were. And I I made sure like those will stay completely confidential. We're not gonna be like, oh, this person said that their main idol is this. We're absolutely not gonna do that, but it was kind of interesting as they started coming in seeing ones that were similar exactly the same and the main one to kind of pull us into it right off of zach's was actually food
0: yeah this is what this podcast is all about this isn't just like zach and morgan talking about like this really broad theological topic and then you know uh Well, they had a nice little, you know, banter (laughs) about uh, idolatry. Like, this is real, okay? And this is real stuff inside of marriage. Yeah. What you think about the gospel affects your marriage. What you think about your 70% Christian poll of people saying that they are born again, not really believing Jesus is the only way. If that's a husband and then the wife or vice versa is committed to the scriptures, (laughs) yeah. That's going to cause some problems in your marriage. For sure. The idols that we struggle with are going to cause problems in our marriage. And we must be praying that not by our power or, or might, but by the Spirit, like Zechariah, that he would graciously, lovingly expose them and dismantle them. The top idol from your poll is food. And yeah. can I tell you this? If I were to ask you, and you know the answer, but just play the play the man, Mr. Ridley, okay. for me. If I were to say, hey, Morgan, what do you think the number one drug in America is? What would you say off the top of your head, like just a normal person? Meth. Yeah, okay, like some, some hard <laughs> drug. <laughs> I don't know many right? drug names. Meth, Sorry. heroin. Cocaine, that's about all I got. Yeah, maybe even like alcohol oh, yeah. or something like that. Do you know what the number one drug is in America? sure Sh- It's sugar. Number two is caffeine because technically it is a stimulant. Yeah. But sugar. Food in general is the number one drug in America. Listen at this. Recent study within the past five years, two-thirds, that's 66%, and I'm sure it's a whopping 66%. Two-thirds of America is either overweight or obese.
1: That doesn't even shock me. It really doesn't.
0: And yet, and please hear me very clearly, this is not fat phobia for you TikTokers, and this is not shaming someone who is overweight, whether they know that they struggle with food or whether they have a legitimate medical problem. Yeah,
1: a reason behind it.
0: What we are saying is this. Uh, Let me just say this. Food itself is a major idol because what did Paul say? He was using a, a, a common saying in Corinth and it's the exact same thing today because it's a, we still have this hedonistic tendency. The stomach was made for food and food for the stomach. All things are profitable. And what did he say? But not all things are lawful. Not all things are useful. Yeah. We think we have in the West because we have a stomach, We've got to fill it.
1: With whatever.
0: Not just three times a day anymore, but as much as I want, whenever I want it, it is an idol. And can I tell you, you can have an idol of food and it be completely healthy things. Yeah. Mine was. Mm -hmm. I had to make sure I had chicken and rice or beef and a sweet potato or something six times a day. Yes. It's an idol. And we need to... And we need to in a healthy way embrace that and go, this is a problem.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Food is it a, goes both ways. It's a drug. It is a drug. And it is a it, from him and through him and to him are, are, are all things. Romans eleven thirty six. And yet what do we do with those things that are from him and through him and to him? We elevate them to an idle status. And what is the idle status of food really? It's a lack of self. control Control. which means what you're sitting on the throne yep number two
1: two was the phone and i would definitely say this is probably my next idol for sure and i don't i don't say that boastfully by any means but i think it's one that our generation and the generation after us for sure this this is our number one, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's, it's
1: it's all consuming. It is, and then the way the technology even works now, it works to make it continue be all consuming. They they know that we struggle with this, so they feed off of that and make us struggle with it more.
0: Yeah, um, the algorithm
1: it's insane did, did you have you I watched the documentary about yeah. it. there's a documentary on netflix i do not remember the name but it's insane the way that it works but what's sad is even while you're watching it and your mind is being blown by these things
0: you're mindlessly you're, scrolling through you're, something.
1: you're you're yeah. you're picking up your phone because you're getting notifications because you've not been on it quick enough right. it's crazy
0: And what it's like, sometimes it's, it's for people, it's not even that little red notification circle of like somebody liked a status or commented or something. It's just like the, I have to know what's going on at all times. Mm -hmm. And so if it's like, if it's not a social media thing, it's like, oh, you know what? I, I I was going to, I remember that the other day, I was going to research something, which research is great. Yeah. Praise God for that. And you know what? Praise God for the internet. He's sovereign over that too. It gets misused so, so utterly terribly, but it is a good thing. But we go, you know what? Oh man, I I forgot. I was going to look this up the other day. And then you go looking at that and then you get done with that. And then next thing you know, you've, you've spent four hours researching what's the best dog bed to buy.
1: Yeah.
0: What was the tree? That was forbade from Adam, the, the tree of knowledge, knowledge of, of good, good and evil. There's, it's not just simply a an ethical, moral dimension to that. It's also this knowledge.
1: Yeah.
0: I've got to know, I've got to know, I've got to know. That's the issue with the phone. The phone's a great tool. Praise God that I can pick up the phone and call my buddy in Mississippi, Charles, If he's listening, shout out to Charles (laughs) Yao. Love that. Love him and Betsy and Betsy, or or Adam and Whitney down in Tennessee, or Joe and Vicky down in Florida, and say, or or even you know uh, um, Austin and Michaela. Like when when Mallory gets here, yeah. He can he can Facetime me since I'm not allowed into the hospital.
1: Thank you, COVID.
0: And I can see that beautiful baby girl. The issue is constant, either constant knowledge or constant worship of you as the individual. And that was such a funny post. It Lowell's RAR. Back in the day, it used to be X, capital D, like somebody like squinting, laughing, oh and RAR. R-A-W-R. And if you said RAR at some guy's girlfriend in the scene, because I was in the scene <laughs> playing music. I was a drummer. I played metal. If you said raw with your straight hair spiked up back with your My Chemical Romance shirt on with your snake bites and your guy liner at somebody else's. I didn't wear that stuff. But if you said that to somebody, that was, you, you were trying to take you them away. You say you
1: didn't, but you know all these things.
0: Yeah, my friends did.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't, but they did. They did. The common excuse. <laughs> yeah. So this leads us into our third one.
0: It actually does.
1: Exactly. It- very seamlessly it was self an idolatry of self
0: ladies there's a book i want to recommend to you you need to go read it
1: ali beth stuckey has an amazing book that i recommend especially to younger females you were not enough and that's okay
0: i actually read it before morgan and it
1: He's a lot faster reader than I am. You
0: guys need to read it too. The idolatry of just self. And how can we not be idolatrous with self with something like Facebook? Oh, yeah. I think Instagram? it was
1: actually, it was Paul Washer who said, because we have all these people who are like, well, we need self-worth and we need we need to feel beautiful and like we are worthy and we're enough And that's why we're struggling with all this anxiety and depression and all of this, all of these mental health issues. No, our problem is not a lack of self-love. It's we love ourselves way too much, way, 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 way too much. And I even say that for myself.
0: Oh, my goodness. I'm I'm trying not to laugh, and it's it's a, it's like one of those you laugh or you cry type deals.
1: Yeah, you laugh oh while you cry. Do it at the same time. Well,
0: well, aren't you kind of the pot calling the kettle black? You've got a podcast talking about blah blah blah. Talking <laughs> about ourselves. Cool. Yeah, you know what? It's not because I am a filthy rich. The the worst. I had one of our. Members, A couple weeks ago, I remember her saying, um Pastor, I've really struggled this week. I mean, I love this woman, and I'm not going to drop her. In, I love her because she loves the Word of God, and she got out of a habit. And I don't think you – I've even told you this. She came up to me before service. She saw the little um, thing that, that I served the Lord's Supper with sitting out. I just hadn't put it up yeah, I don't know. at the little table. And she said, I, I I'm not gonna be able to participate in communion this week. I was like, Oh, are you like is something wrong? Are you I didn't know if there was like you know, now are you n- allergic yeah. to
1: grape juice now?
0: Uh she said, No, um I would be un- taking it in an unworthy manner. I I haven't been in the scriptures the way I need to this week. And I just stopped and looked at her and I said, You have no idea what that means as a pastor, to hear that. I said,
1: the seriousness, the seriousness.
0: And I said, so and so, do you believe that you're saved by grace alone through faith alone by Christ alone? Like in that you desire and you know that that's an issue and like it breaks your heart. and Like you want to run to the scriptures? Yes, of course I do. That's why I'm saying that. I, I've i been on my phone. I've been, I've just, I haven't done, uh, I haven't been in the scriptures. I said, you know that doesn't save you, right? Yeah, I know that doesn't save me, but I just want to read the word. Like I know that I've wasted time on stuff that was not beneficial. I said, "You know that you've struggled with that. You are worthy to take it." Uh, and she and she said, ah, "Thank you, but you just I'm sure you, you just don't know what it's like." Yes, we do. And I looked at her and I said, "I'm the worst sinner in this place." No, you're not. Yes, I am. I I am. And guess what? You, you think that's prideful to say I'm the worst sinner? The the greatest among you must become the least. If you walk into a room and you're like, yeah, Hitler Jr. over there, he's a worse sinner than me. You are off base. The Christian should at all times be thinking low thoughts of himself and high thoughts of God. And the That's exactly high, where you're supposed to be. The only high thought of themselves they should be is I'm a wretched sinner saved by grace. And so this self, ele- oh, don't do it,
1: self.
0: Hey, can we get the checkbook in here for Steven? <laughs> How do you sp- is it F I R for? Uh, okay, somebody's gonna work on that for us. And just so you know, if you've listened to this whole thing and you've heard that said, you have to write a check too so he can buy his new sneakers. <laughs> As we close this episode, we want to just make this a little bit tangible. This is what we had a poll ran that said top, top three idols. And there were more food, phone, or I would say that that would be instantaneous knowledge, social media, any of that, and, and self the elevation of self. But there's there's three idols in marriage that we want to look at real and quick. And these as were we also out. set on the
1: polls. They just weren't yep. the top ones. Uh
0: the first one, the husband and wife, if you are married and listen to this, husband and wife, or if you were about to be married, or if you're about to have children, or if you have grandchildren, kids. Yes. Being the just the nucleus. Of the home. Of the home, and that every thought, every ounce of energy, every single penny that you can scrape together, every single wink of sleep that you don't get, it revolves around the kids.
1: And I was so guilty of this, for sure, in the beginning of our marriage when we had Nova. She she probably was my main idol when she was first born, and that's it's a hard one. It's difficult because just like the other ones, it is very subtle. And so, yes, you are supposed to love your children. You are supposed to, you know, train them up, disciple them, spend your time with them. And
0: you're supposed to love them and have fun with them and buy them stuff and spoil them a little bit in the good ways, right? Yes. And grandparents too, hear me, you're supposed to do that.
1: But just like all of these other things that we've discussed, a good thing can still become an idol.
0: Yeah kids number two insecurities well isn't that just the same thing as self yes but it takes on a different form in marriage and the number one that that morgan and i kind of talked about this last night is the insecurity of an idol of a lack of trust constantly being like if she's not back from the store
1: or I need to know where they are at all times. There's you know, seriously, there's an app now that I know lots of females use on their husband where they can just track them, see where they are, see if it matches where they say that they are. That's a little much. Like if, if you're, if, and we, we say this in the context too of like this person has not done anything to cause you to distrust them. Right. That's that's a little overboard.
0: And you know what that does to that in, uh, that other individual? it makes them begin thinking if if i am this distrusted why not why just not go out and, going act going on and it? do something yeah because, why not do
1: something to bring to bring the punishment that you're getting
0: yeah lack of trust within a marriage can become an idol uh, and and lastly number 3 and this was in the top 3 or the the top of just normal ones but it's so so prevalent in marriage is finances it's finances
1: that one for sure that one can definitely take hold of a marriage and cause disputes arguments and even just be what you center your whole marriage on really So I, Zach had to remind me, sorry. So I actually, this is one for me too. Just add it to my list. I had to, and this is going to sound really bad, and I'm going to have people be like, oh my gosh, she's so controlling over her. No, he's not. He just, he.
0: Hey, when you're done with this, will you get in the kitchen for me?
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. We want. Anyway, I had to have Zach take my debit card away. I could not, I had zero self control. And so I guess finances for me was on not the, oh, let's be really good with the budget. I was on the, like, hey, if there's money in the account, let's spend it. Why not? And so I would swipe and swipe and swipe and not know where it was going or have anything to show for it afterwards. And that caused a very big bone of contention between us.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Because. This was a time in our marriage when, like, we we were living paycheck to paycheck.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And this was causing some problems. And so this can be either a lack of self-control. This can be a over um, tight mentality.
1: Yeah, it can go with both. It can go both
0: ways. But... What we wanted to display in this episode of The Equal Yoke is that idolatry is still alive and well. It's not just little trinkets. That can be a thing, too, like, you know, worshiping a wildcat or a bingle or a patriot, whatever. You know, sports teams are very, very easily uh, idolicized. Just create another word. It's cool. Yeah, I'm sure. I know that there's a word for that. It's been a long day. There Easily, I was going to say the E-word again. Don't do it. They're easily pedestaled as an idol. There we go. But there's more. And within a marriage, I pray, and and Morgan, I know that you would echo this as well, that specifically you married couples sit down and say, this is what I struggle with, and... And even in a loving way, say, and this is what I I see you sometimes struggle with too. Like, have you noticed this? And I say that in a loving way, okay? Do not be like a jerk about stuff. Please don't, because it's not going to help things. But an equally yoked, gospel-centered, great commission-oriented family and marriage that truly does want to become more and more sanctified like Christ, like Romans talks about, is going to want to sit down and say to one another. Yeah, this is I struggle with this. Will you will you pray about this with me? Will you help me keep me accountable in these areas? Will you help me go to the scriptures and and help me just even work through these various issues so that we can be sanctified and be holy as he is holy?
1: And don't just be okay with those idols. That's what I think for a long time I struggled with and I was like, "Okay, well this is this is going to be my thing." No. The good news is that the gospel is true and that God does take your idols and kill them. He gets rid of them for you.
0: Right. Cause in Romans seven, it doesn't, Paul doesn't stop and, and say, you know, Oh, I, I, this, I, I do what I don't want to do. I don't do what I, I want to do. Oh, wretched man that I am.
1: That's not where he ends.
0: No. He says, who would deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be unto Jesus Christ. There you go. It doesn't leave you in the muck and the mire. And that is the glorious good news of the gospel the life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ to save sinners for the glory of God and for their benefit according to the scriptures. And we pray that you know that. And as we end this episode on idolatry, give us some feedback. Drop us an email at the equal yoke podcast at gmail.com. Reach out to us on social media. Leave us a review on your podcast listening app, we want to yoke equally together, not only in marriage and do family theology, but we want to know where you all are maybe having struggles with being unequally yoked. We want to know topics. We want to know ideas. We want to know how to even pray for you and to be thinking about various issues that maybe you struggle with. Morgan, do you have any concluding thoughts?
1: I just think we want to always leave everyone with this, especially when we talk about a topic like this, that we can all say, okay, we do relate to this. There, there's not, like Zach said, the person who says that they have no idols have the most. And so we don't ever want to stop there. We want the end to always be the magnification of Jesus Christ alone and bring you to the gospel because that is the good news.
0: For all like sheep have gone astray. We, are, we have all sinned. And this is the glorious byproduct of the gospel as he makes us more like yeah. his son each and every day. Well, this has been episode three of the Equal Yoke podcast. It has been about idolatry. We pray that this has been beneficial to you. And until we come together next time to yoke up and plow ahead, we pray that the Lord bless you and keep you and that his face shine upon you. And uh, hey, reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing. Give us some feedback. Morgan, you want to say anything as we close? I'm good. You're good?
1: I'm good. You you took it all from me. All
0: right. We will see you next time. Well, I guess you won't see us, and we won't see you. But by God's grace, you'll hear us, and hopefully we hear from you. Thanks.